Welcome to LDS Faith, Let's Talk Faith with Josh Hawes. To another episode. I cannot express enough thanks to everyone that is listening and everyone that has put up just with a single voice podcast. <laughs> um, I want to be able to get more people on the show, um, share, have them share their experiences, um, share our beliefs together like I did with my friend Jimmy. Um, again, if you want to follow him, go to the mormonlife.com. He is the author and the founder of that website. Um, if you want to support this podcast, again, there's lots I want to do, and I can't do it without you guys. Um, go to anchor.fm forward slash josh dash haws dash forward slash support, um, and we can get this thing rocking and rolling. If you like what you're hearing, please um, go support this podcast. Um, there's a lot more people I want to invite on this show. A lot more things I want to do. Uh, but what we're going to do tonight is we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, and that's Jesus Christ himself. We're going to talk about his life and um, and go into into that. Um, let's, I want to go first go to the New Testament in Acts chapter 10, verse 43. It says, To him give all the prophets witnesses, that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. We solely rely on Christ. We depend on his. We we depend on him to fulfill his promise to be our savior, um, because his mission was necessary. Without him, we couldn't return to live with our heavenly Father. All the prophets from Adam to Christ testified that he would come, and he did. Um, all the prophets since Christ had testified that he did come. So a little tricky there. So all the prophets before him prophesied that he would come. Every prophet after him has prophesied that he did come. Um, and I believe that we all need to study the the life of the Savior because we can follow his example. If I mean, what better way to act um, by acting the way that the Savior did? Adam learned that the Savior's name would be Jesus Christ. Um, Enoch saw that Jesus would die upon the cross and be resurrected. Noah and Moses also testified of him about uh, 800 years before he was born. Um, Isaiah foresaw the life of the Savior. Uh, When Isaiah saw the grief and sorrow that the Savior would suffer to pay for the price of our sins, he exclaimed, He is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. That's found in Isaiah chapter 53, 3 through 5 and verse 7. Isaiah is one of my favorite books, favorite books in the Old Testament. 
Nephi, again, who was a prophet in the Book of Mormon, he also saw a vision of the Savior's future birth and mission. Uh, he saw a beautiful virgin, Mary, and an angel um, saying, Behold the virgin whom thou seest is the mother of the Son of God. So this is the angel talking to Nephi in his vision. Behold the virgin whom thou seest is the mother of the Son of God after the manner of the flesh. That's found in First Nephi chapter 11, verse 18. Then Nephi saw the virgin holding a child in her arms. The angel declared, Behold the Lamb of God, yea, even the Son of the Eternal Father. And that's same same chapter, 1 Nephi 11, verse 21. Um, so go um, 124 years before Christ, um, before his birth. Um, a king by the name of King Benjamin, another Nephite, prophet, which um, the people of Nephi, if you read the Book of Mormon, you'll, you'll realize that there's different names. We have the Nephites, we have the Lamanites, we have the Jaredites, um, and then the list goes on. But the Nephites were the people that followed Nephi. Um, so, we, so the King Benjamin, he was a Nephite prophet who foresaw the Savior's life. Um, For behold, the time cometh and is not far distant that with the power of the Lord um, omnipotent who reigneth who was and is from all eternity to all eternity shall come down from heaven among the children of men and shall dwell in a tabernacle of clay and shall go forth among men working mighty miracles such as healing the sick, raising the dead, causing the lame to walk, the blind to receive their sight, and the deaf to hear and uh, curing all manner of di- curing all manner of diseases. Excuse me. I like what he says there, uh, to the blind to receive their sight. One of my favorite stories of Christ is when he, uh, when a leper came up to him and asked him to heal him, and all the apostles were like, well, you're, you're going you're gonna to help this man. You can get sick. And he humbly about, um, got down and helped this man with leprosy and told him to go to go bathe himself in a river and he would be healed and because of his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that man was healed of his leprosy and I mean to me that power that he had has on this earth has been restored the power of the priesthood which Christ had has been restored and um, and I don't want to sound like I'm better than everybody. I don't want anything. I don't want it to sound like that. But I was given that same priesthood when I became an elder in the church. And I have seen that priesthood in action with my own father. I'll give you a little history. My dad was diagnosed with lung cancer, um, with melanoma on the lung. And that melanoma had a chance to spread to his brain. But it didn't. Um, so as time went on, this was about seven and a half years ago, roughly. Um, he had he he had to have surgery, and he didn't have uh, chemotherapy. He had a, uh, interferon, I believe. I believe what it's called. Um, so he had a surgery. He had half half of one lung removed. So he so in his body he has one. And he has one lung and a half a lung. Can't really do a lot. Doesn't he gets shorter breath all the time? 
But I remember giving him a blessing. I put my hands on his head, and I told him in the name of Jesus Christ, and by the power of the priesthood, by the power of the Melchizedek priesthood, which I hold, that he would, that his body would respond well to the treatments that he was given because his body was overloading itself with white blood cells, which was very dangerous. The doctors had to take him off and, or had to put him off and on um, the interferon because of his white blood cell count. It was just, it was going through the roof and, and it was very dangerous for him. Um, I don't really remember the blessing that I gave him because I believe that the power of the Holy Ghost, I was speaking for the Lord. Um, and I don't really remember what was said except from what I've been told. Um, and I was told that I blessed him that the, that the treatments that he was getting, would, his body would react to him as they should and that when he goes and sees the doctor, everything will be fine. His tests will be perfect. They will be fine. Everything will be going well for him. He called me three days later and he said, um, your blessing that you gave me has worked. Um, the test came back like they should and the treatment that I'm receiving, my body is acting like, they, like it should. Everything is fine. Everything is normal. Um, my body is taking the treatments very well. And just like in the story of the man with the leprosy going to Christ, asking for help because he had the faith that the Lord would help him, my dad had the faith in me to heal him with the priesthood that has been passed down to me by him, by my father, who received it from his father. And I can trace my priesthood all the way back to Adam through Joseph Smith when Joseph Smith received that priesthood by uh, Peter, James, and John when the church was restored. Continuing on what King Benjamin has said, he said, and he shall cast out devils, talking about the Savior, he shall cast out devils and or the evil spirits which dwell in the hearts of the children of men. And lo, he shall suffer temptations and pain of body, hunger, thirst, and fatigue, even more than man can suffer, except to be unto death. For behold, blood cometh from every pore so great shall be his anguish for the wickedness and the abominations of his people. And he shall be called Christ, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Father of the heaven and the earth, the creator of all things from the beginning. And his mother shall be called Mary. So, he was the only begotten of the Father. The story of the birth, <clears throat> the story of the birth and the life of the Savior is found in the New Testament in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, from those accounts, we learn that Christ was born of a virgin named Mary. Um, <clears throat> she was engaged to Joseph. Um, they were engaged to be married. Um, when an angel appeared to the Lord, or sorry, when an angel of the Lord appeared to her, he told her that she was to be the mother of the Son of God. She asked him how this was possible. I mean, a virgin, 
being, being becoming a mom. In the New Testament, in Luke chapter one, verse thirty-four, it says, "Then then said Mary unto the angel, How thus shall this be done? Or how how shall this be seen? How I know not a man." So basically, we all know how pregnancy works. She doesn't. She she doesn't know a man in the New Testament in Luke. He told her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And in verse 35 it says, And the angel answered um, what I just read. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And thus God the Father came, the literal Father of Christ. Jesus is the only person on earth to be born of a mortal mother and an immortal father. 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 This is why he is called the only begotten Son. He inherited divine powers from his Father in heaven. Um, from his mother, he inherited mortality and was subject to hunger, thirst, fatigue, pain, and death. Um, no one could take the Savior's life from him unless he willed it. How cool would that be? Unless he willed his own life to be, you couldn't kill him. Yeah, that's a lot of power. He had the power to lay it down and the power to take it up. And that's found in John chapter 10. Uh, he... Excuse me. Jesus Christ led the perfect life. From his youth, he obeyed all that was required of him by our Heavenly Father. I mean, when he was a boy, he went and preached in the temple. He was about his father's business. Mary and Joseph couldn't find him. But he was busy preaching to the, to the people in the temple that were older than him about the will of the Father. Uh, he loved and obeyed the truth. Luke uh, tells us, And the child grew and waxed strong in the spirit, filled with wisdom and grace of God that was upon him. Excuse me, I had a hiccup there. Uh, and that's Luke chapter 2, verse 40. Um, by the time he was 12, he, um, he had grown in his understanding that he had been sent to do the will of his father. Um, this is going back to what I was talking about. They going into the temple. He was sitting in, um, in the midst of the doctors, and they were hearing him and asking him questions. And it talks about in Luke that all that heard him were astonished in his understanding and answers. How could all this be coming from a twelve-year-old boy? I mean, if if a twelve-year-old came up to me, started talking to me nowadays. You know, it's kind of, there's there's a lot of th things that I may not be, a, a, like, acquainted with or, like, up to speed on that the, what the new kids are doing nowadays. Um, kind of the same thing. These, these older men are set in their ways, but here we are having a 12-year-old boy talking to them. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Talking to them about uh, God. And what he was sent here to do. Um, so he had been missing. Um, like I talked about, Joseph and Mary were relieved to find him, but they were amazed 
and his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou, um, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Jesus answered, saying, Was he not that I must be about my father's business? Talking about heavenly father's business. Um, in order to fulfill his mission, uh, Christ was to do the will of his father. And in John, it talks about how I do nothing of myself, Christ declared, but as my father had taught me, I speak these things, I do always, I do always those things that, pl that please him. Um, <coughs> oh, excuse me, I have like a cough or something, it's driving me crazy. Um, when Christ was about 30 years old, he came to John the Baptist uh, to be baptized. This set the example for all of us. He was baptized in the Jordan River, and John, at first, he was reluctant he, to see me. He's like, shouldn't, shouldn't you be baptizing me? And Christ simply answered that he was there to fulfill all righteousness. And he went to John because John had the authority to priest or to baptize. Um, so John did baptize the Savior, immersing him completely in water. Um, when then he was baptized, his father spake from the heavens, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then we read in Matthew that the Holy Ghost descended, as shown by the sign of the dove. Um, soon after Christ was baptized, he, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights um, to be with God. After that, Satan came to him and to tempt him, but he resisted. I know that he was giving him all sorts. He was tempting him with like food and water and wine and all different stuff. And Christ turned it down um, be, because he was commanded or he was trying to be obedient to, to, his, to his father. Um, he resisted temptation and he commanded Satan to leave. Uh, Christ remained sinless. The one perfect being to ever walk this earth was the Savior. Um, he also taught us how to love and to serve one another. One thing that's really big with, with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is service. Um, in a movie that the church came out with um, years ago, it was about the uh, Prophet Joseph Smith. There's, there's a scene in the movie where they're chopping wood, they're helping this lady around her, around her farm, and she came up to the prophet and said, Mr. Smith, I do not believe in your religion, but I do believe in your kindness. And he said, well, that is our religion, ma'am. And to me, that really hit hard because Christ taught, taught us how to love and serve. And serving others brings, a blood, brings happiness to my life. When the floods and when Harvey hit Houston, um, a buddy of mine, and myself, we packed up our cars. I went and bought hundreds of dollars of tools just to go. Um, and we just randomly went door to door asking for pe asking people to help. And we found this family that, that was in desperate need of help. And once they were done, we went to another house. We took both of our cars, were full of food. Um, and that was an amazing and humbling experience for me. Um, so... Going back in, after Christ, um, after his fasting uh, and his encounter with Satan, he began his public uh, ministry. He came to earth not only to die, but also to teach us how to live. 
He taught that there were two great commandments. First, love, to love God with all, our, with all of our heart, mind, mind, and strength, and to love others as we love ourselves. And that's in Matthew chapter 22. His life is an example of how we should obey um, these two commandments. He was always offering to help. He was always, he always loved. There was no, I don't think there was even a single bad bone in his body. If we love God, we will trust and obey Him as Jesus did. If we love others, we will help them to meet their physical and spiritual needs. Uh, Christ spent His life uh, serving others. He, uh, let's see. He, what did He do? He cured diseases. Like I talked about the man with leprosy. Uh, he healed sick. He rose the dead. One of my favorite um, is Lazarus. He told Lazarus to walk forth, and they already wrapped him up in burial clothes, and he came walking out of the a tomb. Um, <coughs> excuse me again. Um, Jesus even loved those who sinned. I mean, think about it. Those who who sinned, he still loved them. That's pretty. That's pretty amazing, if you ask me. Um, well, not only did he teach us how to do that, but he also organized his church. Um, Jesus wanted his gospel taught to people all over the earth, so he chose 12 men to testify of him. They were the original leaders of his church. They received the authority to act in his name, which is the priesthood, and to do the works they had seen him do. Those who had received the priesthood from, from them were, um, were also able to teach, baptize, and perform ordinances in his name. Um, after his death, they continued to do his work until until the people became so wicked that these 12 men were crucified. And thus we entered into the Dark Ages. Well, that's all I have for you guys tonight. Um, there is so much that we can go into um, about the life of the Savior. I encourage you guys to go read in the New and the Old Testament um, to learn more and to study more about the Savior. Um, I know these things are true. I know that He did die for me and He did die for you. He knows everything that you're going through in your life. Um, pray to Him to help and guide you because He's the only person that knows what you're going through. Um, so we'll talk to you guys next time.